Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of A Vision for You. Today is Sunday, December 16, 2018. The share ID numbers for Friday, December 14th are the following. For the 7 a.m. Eastern Big Book Study, 12,300. That's 1, 2, 3, 0, 0. And for the 10 a.m. Eastern Big Book Study, 12,302. That's 1, 2, 3, 0, 2. Today, A Vision for You presents Living and Loving a Spiritual Life. The exciting thing about the 12 steps is that they teach us how to live. Once we know the design of living and the principles of living a successful life, we find that we not only resolve the problems we see, but we avoid many other problems we would have had. We submit to a simple process that is not easy yet takes us to a place we've never been. We didn't even know it existed. The results are disproportionate to our efforts, yet our efforts are required to sustain and enlarge it. We have been taken out of the world of self, self self-centeredness, self-seeking, and we have entered the world of the spirit. The 12 steps teach us that successful living is being in harmony with God and our fellow man. It is maximum service to God and our fellows. Every day is a day when we must carry the vision of God's will into all our activities. This allows us to live and love the spiritual life. Joining us today to speak on this very topic is Sherry K.B., a recovered compulsive overeater from California. Sherry is devoted to our 12-step way of life, and she's here to share her experience, strength, and hope with all of us this morning. Welcome to the line, Sherry KB. Thank you, Leah. Um, It's an honor to be here and to be among all of you. Um, I'm so grateful. What a beautiful introduction. I could just step back and listen now. Um, Anyhow, I just really wanted to thank you, Leah and Melanie and Katie, um, for all of your service. Um, So grateful for your your service on this line. It's amazing to me, and I'm so grateful I found it. I'm so grateful for this program and for um, this meeting. So I am Sherry, and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive reader. And I say I'm grateful because um, my life has changed so much since I was taken through the big book. Um, I've been around the rooms for a very long time, um, and I was always trying to do it my way. And I had I didn't want really much to do with the big book because I thought it was for alcoholics, and um, and I just thought I couldn't relate to it. And even though sometimes back in the day they they did have them in the meetings, but a lot of time it was about um, you know the jaywalker or um, hearing about the ballet and you know about trying to arrange arrange light to suit ourselves, life to suit ourselves and everything. And, you know, I I think it was just so um, hard for me to hear that I just didn't want to hear it, uh, to be honest. So I I ignored the big book for a long time. And, you know, being the true compulsive reader I am, I think that um, I always ignored what was really best for me is what was part of my addiction, I think, because this... um, you know, I just I think I just got so tired of how I was living uh, because I had 
um, I do believe I was born a compulsive overeater. Um, I was always very active as a kid and kept the weight off that way through um, activities and sports and um, all kinds of things. And um, and I and I grew, I grew up in an alcoholic home. Uh, I was the fourth child. And um, I don't believe that my parents caused me to be a compulsive reader, but I do believe they contributed to it. Um, and then I learned a lot more later on about myself, what it talks about in the big book. Um, so with that being said, um, I, I uh, joined OA in 1988 in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I had only gained maybe 20 pounds. I was freaked out about that. Little did I know that I would end up weighing uh, even more than over 100 pounds. Um, so I've been underweight and overweight, and um, I definitely qualify for this program. Um, I also, um, d you know, I had quit smoking cigarettes, joined OA in 1988, and then moved out to California. And I was very fortunate because I lived in an area um, in Santa Barbara where I used to go to meetings a lot. But I still wasn't willing to do the work. I did the work. I did all kinds of four steps and other different food 12-step programs. But what had happened for me is that I ended up in a very rigid 12-step uh, food program that I had actually gotten underweight and thought I had arrived. And um, I thought... You know, and I arrived for about four seconds, I think. And uh, then I realized that I really felt that hole in my soul. And um, somehow, and I think it was for the grace of God, that I ended up uh, listening at 4 o'clock in the morning, uh, walking with another fellow in another program uh, and listening to you guys. And that's how it all started. How, that's how my journey started. Um, and uh, I ended up, listening and thinking, wow, these people call themselves recovered? You know, wow, that really blew me out of the water. So I ended up calling somebody and asking them if they would take me through the big book and ask them to refer to somebody out in California, and that's how I got started. I got a step guide. And so, you know, she told me that I had to uh, open up, crack open the, the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we're going to start at the prefaces and read and, um, and you know, the thing was is the most important thing that I had to learn was to stay teachable um, because I thought I knew everything. That's part of my addiction, too, as a compulsive overeater. You know, don't tell me what to do, and I think I know everything, by the way. And so I thought I had a pretty good relationship with God. So when I had read the big book in the past, um, I, I used to skip over we agnostics because I thought, well, you know, I believe in God. I don't have a problem with God. Um, but what I didn't realize is how agnostic I acted in my life and never thought that God could solve my, my food problem because I felt like God was too busy, um, had better things to do and more important things to do than to worry about me and my weight. And I felt like that, um, you know, that I didn't realize that I had a twofold illness and that the only way that it was going to be uh, that I could get you know, recovered, never cured, but recovered was that I, to uh, 
do the work in this big book and recognize that I had a spiritual malady. And that's where my journey of a spiritual life really started. I had done all kinds of things in the past. I did a lot of self-help groups. I did a lot of therapy. But, you know, I, I never, never got fixed. I wanted to be fixed so bad. And um, I didn't realize I had a living problem. I would have never believed I had a living problem. I would never have believed that I was uncomfortable in my own skin. Because, you know, I used piles and piles and piles and boxes and bags and cartons and everything, gigantic, um, to cover up. the. I used, I used uh, food for courage is what I realized after doing a four-step in this book. Um, I didn't realize that I was so uncomfortable in my own skin and that I had a spiritual malady and a hole in my soul that I needed my higher power so bad. I, I needed it so badly. So um, fast forward, I get into the work, um, I get recovered, and, you know, things just started opening up for me. And what I do know is that um, working the steps opened me up, changed my life, transformed me. But what continues to help me to enlarge and grow my spiritual life is living in 10, 11, and 12 and taking other people through this book and being of service and walking through fear like talking on this line. <laughs> um, um, you know, I had been asked to um, to do a Sunday special edition before, and um, I said no because I was in a lot of fear. And what I realized that, you know, I was still trying to run the Sherry Show because I was in fear and I wasn't asking God for help. And I know how important it is to be of service because that's what it says that, you know, we are to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and to the people about us. And that even includes walking through fear and doing a Sunday special edition. Um, so that's, you know, what it all started. And actually the interesting part is when uh, Leah had asked me to do this, I had uh, changed something in my prayers, and I had asked my higher power to help me to be, I wanted to be, um, I wanted to serve God. And I've never used that word before because it, it kind of made me prickly. And uh, because I had associated the word servant with servile. And I didn't realize that, you know, I was using the definition of servile um, to define being a servant, which is not what that was about. And I actually, when I started praying, within a day or two, I get this, you know, I, I Leah contacted me, and I'm like, oh, this is what you meant. Um, this is what, how you want me to serve. Okay, I'll do it. I've, I've been afraid, but I'm going to do it. So th this is, you know, just the beginning. It's like, you know, when we get abstinent it's, and we put the food down and we get into the work, because I can't, I can't work with people, and I couldn't be uh, in the book and not abstinent and try to get the stuff. It just didn't work. Um, and um, to me, putting the food down is just a ticket in the door. Um, and getting on the ride is just the steps. But con continuing on the ride is how I continue to enlarge my spiritual life. And that is by being of service in any way I can, and especially doing this work. So uh, what I'd like to do is um, start with... Um, 
the doctor's opinion. And um, if you would get out your big books, because I'm going to be going through a lot of stuff, and I, I love the big book. Um, you should see it. It's falling apart. It's loved to death. Um, in the doctor's opinion on Roman numeral XXVIII, it talks about how men and women drink essentially because they like the effect produced by alcohol. This sensation is so elusive that while they admit it is injurious, they cannot after a differentiate the truth from the false. To them, their alcoholic life seems like the only normal one. They're restless, irritable, and discontented, and unless they can again experience the sense of ease and comfort, which comes at once by taking a few drinks, drinks which they see others taking with impunity. After they succumb to the desire again, as so many do, and the phenomenon of craving develops, they pass through the well-known stages of a spree, emerging remorseful with a firm resolution not to drink again. This is repeated over and over, and unless this person can experience an entire psychic change, there is very little hope of his recovery. And that that is, that is wow, that just, I, I fell on the floor. <laughs> When I read this, because um, with my step guide, because I was so addicted to ease and comfort, um, I used the food for ease and comfort. I people pleased for ease and comfort. You know, I didn't like any bad feelings. I wanted pixie dust, rainbows, unicorns, you know, fairies, puppies, and kitties. Um, you didn't know that from the outside, but that's what I wanted. And the minute I felt a bad feeling, something was in my mouth. So when I saw that. There was, there was this chance for me to have ease and comfort with my higher power instead. Wow. That was electric for me. That was electric. But I, I had to get on block. The food was down, but there was still so much going on between my ears that I needed to work the steps. And, uh, and because, um, you know, I had succumbed to the disease over and over and over again, um, always emerging remorseful that, you know, I just I had to I had to be absent entirely in order to get through to get unblocked to get connected to my higher power. Um, I'd like to go into Bill's story. Um, let's see here, because you know I I love Bill's story. Bill's story is the entire to me. This is just my own opinion. Um, Bill's story is an entire big book condensed. It's like his whole story is just the the short version of the, of the entire big book. Um, so um, I'd like to start with uh, page one, paragraph one on line one, where he talks about how lonely he was when he was, you know, over there and how I was very lonely and, again, turned to alcohol. And, you know, this is a disease of loneliness treated with isolation, and I was definitely lonely when I was face down in the food, and I could so relate to how Bill felt and how he ate, I mean, how he drank and how I ate and how he felt. Um, and so um, I definitely, you know, now instead of turning to the food, I turn to God. Um, that's what's happened for me. Um, you know, I have a compulsive reader's mind and an overinflated ego just like Bill. And I, I would have never thought that. And, you know, uh, I heard many years ago that, you know, ego stands for edging God out. Um, and that's why I must work with others and stay in this book and live in 10, 11, and 12. Um, 
Yeah, and to lean on my higher power. Um, and on page eight, um, one of the best um, best uh, paragraphs I've ever read on powerlessness was where it says on paragraph one, no words can tell of the loneliness and despair I found in the bitter morass of self-pity. Quicksand stretched all around me in all directions, and I had met my match. I had been overwhelmed. Alcohol was my master. Um, and boy, was food my master. I had no idea, you know, that I, and here, you know, I told you earlier that I didn't like being a servant because I felt like it was a slave, but yet I was a slave to the food, and it was like it was just, um, it was awful. It was it was awful with what I went through with the food and the disease. Um, but I had to ask myself, you know, when I was going through all this work, you know, where's God in all this theory? Is God in that food? No. Um, you know, God's in the steps. God is, you know, if I lean on my higher power, um, and I constantly ask myself that all the time, where is God in all this? Today when I'm doing the work and something happens and something comes up, um, you know, I ask myself, where is God in all this? And where did I get the ball rolling? Or when something happens, you know, I'm I'm looking at it in such a different way in my life. Um, and, you know, because of doing this work, um, when I do ask God for help, I have a lot more peace and happiness. Instead of being miserable or restless, irritable, or discontent or in fear, doubt, and insecurity, um, you know, but I had believed in God, but that is about as far as I got because until I started doing the steps and got recovered and got unblocked and could feel the presence of my higher power working with me, I, you know, I could not believe that that's what was happening for me. I thought it happened to other people, and I remember calling people on this line when I was going through the four-step point, I'm not going to get this thing, I'm not going to get this thing. They said, if you follow the directions, you're going to get this thing. We promise you you're going to get this thing. And, you know, I did. I got this thing, and so can you. And um, it has helped me so much um, that, you know, when I went back and thought that, you know, God wouldn't help me because God had, it was more important for God to be doing other things. Um, And I, I just, you know, I, I did feel complete defeat and that, you know, my humanness failed me. And I could not do for myself what God could do for myself because I tried so many times to do that. Um, and I like what it says um, on page 13 where it says, um, when you take the third step prayer, uh, where it says, there I humbly offered myself to God as I then understood him. And because... What that makes me think about is that, you know, the whole idea is to, for me is to grow and to enlarge my spiritual life on a daily basis. And so I understood God then when I went through the, the steps with my step guide, and I continue to, to understand today somewhat more about my higher power. But it continues, and it continues to change, and it continues to grow. And I know it's for a lifetime that that's... Um, what this is all about for me is that I know that I have to have a higher power beyond my understanding um, because I need to grow into it and I need to believe that God is going to solve all my problems because that's what it promises me in the big book that if I do this work this way God will solve all my problems and um, 
and having a relationship with a power greater than myself, which is the language of my own heart, um, every single day. Um, I, I, you know, like it talks about on page 13 about sitting quietly, um, and you know that's how I know how to pray and to ask my higher power for guidance every day. Um, let's see. It says um, uh, paragraph four. Um, yeah, line three, it says, I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. And, you know, that's what I do. I ask God to please show me what, what God's will is for me and give me the power and strength and the courage and the help to carry it out on a daily basis. And then especially when I run across something, um, I do pause. And I love acronyms, and pause for me is not only pray and use um, you know, spiritual energy, but pray and use step 11. Um, uh, I love down here where it says that, you know, if I, if I, it was promised to me that I entered upon a new relationship with my creator, that I would have the elements of a way of living which answered all my problems. Belief in the power of God, plus enough willingness and honesty and humility to establish and maintain the the new order of things and uh, were the essential requirements. So the new order for my experience is that it had to be that God came first, not serious self-will, but God. God comes first, program, um, you know, trust God, clean house, and help others. That's that's the formula for me. Um, but I had to let go of this this destructive self-centeredness that I had, which I had no idea I had. I would have never believed it until I did the work this way in this book. And it's just amazing to me because I keep learning about myself more and more because of all the years that I covered up with the food, the quantities of food, the mass quantities of food that I did for years and decades that, you know, I'm I'm still uncovering as I go along and I, I work with others and I learn so much about myself. And I and I get so much closer to God working with others and taking people through the big book and being of service and doing different things to to be of service to other people. Um, and uh, let's see. So, yes, God needs to come first for me, not my self-will, not my self-reliance. And I, I need to turn to my higher power every day um, about everything. Um, and... Uh, Let's see what else here. Um, on um, page 14, paragraph 6. The absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles in all my affairs, it, it was imperative to work with others as he, as he had worked with me, um, as, you know, a step guide had worked with me. Um, and that, you know, if I want to continue to have that faith and trust in my higher power, and trust is so important, um, that's what I found uh, living in the spiritual life is that I have to trust my higher power. And trusting my higher power, um, if I don't take action and do the work, I will go back into that quicksand of self-pity and blaming and all of that. Um, I have to do this every day. Um, that's what I do know um, in order for me to uh perfect and enlarge my spiritual life. Um, that's what I have to do, and I have to work with others. And it's such a pleasure to work with others. Um, I can tell you I have a lot of different things going on in my life and the chaos 
and the phone will ring, and I'll know it's a certain time, and I know it's a, a protege, and I'm like, I'm in the book, and, you know, God's taking care of me because I'm in the book, I'm doing the work, and all of a sudden, I, I feel lighter, I feel better, I feel useful, um, my higher power has cleared out whatever was bothering me and usually gives me a solution um, is what is amazing to me. And I do know, and it says here on page 15, um, it talks about in the um, first paragraph, and it's about line six, it says, uh, plagued by waves of self-pity and resentment, this sometimes nearly drove me back to drink. But I soon found that when all other measures failed, work with another alcoholic would save the day. Um, talking to another person would lift me up. Um, it is a design for living that works in rough going. And it's a fact. It is, you know, that's a great fact. We were reading about that. Um, it is a great fact, um, for sure, that that helps me so much. On a, You know, I keep my nose in this big book instead of... Um, you know, where I used to be face down in the food, I'm face down in this book. And now I deal with a lot of stuff that I eat over. Um, things come up, and I know. When I'm starting work to apply it to my distorted thinking um, and my emotions um, because that's what I ate over is what was between my ears um, and I, I just know that this is a personal affair to have um, the language of your own heart for how you decide um, for what your relationship is with your higher power um, that's the beauty of it because if somebody was telling me how to do it I'd be out the door in 10 seconds flat um, you know, I love that it's uh, a spiritual way of life, it's, um, and I connect directly with a power greater than myself when I do that. And it does say here, the joy of living we really have, even under pressure and difficulty, and that is that's for sure. Um, uh, then I'd like to um, let's see, I'd like to look at there is a solution. Um, it's um let's see here um okay so i'm going to go to page 24 oh yeah page 24 um this is another one that is highlighted to death in my book on page 24 paragraph one the fact is that most alcoholics for reasons yet obscure have lost the power of choice and drink our so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent we're unable at times to bring into our consciousness with a sufficient force the memory of the suffering and humiliation of a week ago or a month ago. We're out, we are without defense against the first drink. And, you know, as being a recovered person, I want to say what it also applies to today is I am uh, without defense against the first thought. The first thought is not you know, I'm not responsible for it, but the second one is, and I am responsible for my own emotions and how I carry myself in the world today. But without my higher power's help, I have uh, memory loss. And so that's why for me that I need to stay in this book, keep a daily contact uh, with my higher power, um, 
use that spiritual toolkit that's been laid at my feet um, that we read about on page 25. Um, and it's, uh, let's see, page 25, um, paragraph 1, yeah. Yeah, and just rocketing into the fourth dimension, yeah. I just And then the great fact is just that, that nothing less that we have a deep and effective spiritual experience which has revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, towards our fellows, and towards God's universe. And that is just amazing to me because I had two alternatives. I either could go out to the bitter end or I needed to accept spiritual help. And I'm telling you, uh, when I started uh, accepting spiritual help and staying out of being an agnostic temperament, um, I, ha- I still have problems with that. But I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress. But boy, has that changed things for me. Um, I love that, you know, I can turn to my higher power for help for anything. Um, and that's just amazing to me that um, that doing this work this way, you know, the food, every time I was down the food, it gets worse and worse and worse. And when I'm in this book, working with others, working the steps, living in the steps, doing 10, 11, and 12, my life gets better and better and better. And um, I have, like, I was telling Leah, it's like, it's like spiritual candy. Um, it's so sweet, and it gets better and better and better. And I just love it. It just, my relationship keeps growing, and I keep changing. And um, I like, I'm liking the person I'm turning into. And I can't say I've always had liked the person I was. Um, and then I'd like to go into more about alcoholism. Um, to me, more about alcoholism is about the mental twist. Um, it's all about the I stuff. Um, you know, whenever I hear somebody start talking about, well, I do this and I can do that, and I've got this, um, I've got it figured out, I know what I, I can do now. Um, I tell them you're scaring me. You're really scaring me because this reminds me of, um, you know, Jim and Fred when they were in their disease. And, uh, there's there's a lot there with Jim and Fred when they were in the eyes. And uh, when we look on page 37, no, 36, um, there's all these eyes in there that, uh, that you know, uh, that, that he's talking about. And it's just, you know, Jim is amazing. And I, I can so relate to Jim and to Fred. And I, I think about these guys a lot. And I'm so grateful that this story's in here because I can so relate to when I start getting in the eyes, I know I'm in self-will and self-reliance. And that means I'm that's the voice of my disease. And so that's why I've got to, um, you know, stop with the eye business for me. Um, I'd like to go into we agnostics. Um, uh, let's see here. You know, and I was I was told that we agnostics that this chapter is not to prove that there is God, but that to let God prove that He does exist and that I can have a relationship with Him, a personal relationship of my own understanding, and that you know God is help here to help me with my disease and that He wants to help me to heal what's between my ears. Um, and that I can now find ease and comfort in God's loving care that will solve all my problems. Um, and in we agnostics is where the set-aside prayer um, came from. Um, 
and it it is uh, a beautiful. Um, it's put together from we we agnostics, and you know I I a lot of people talk about the set aside prayer, and I I have my own little version of it. Um, I ask God to please set aside everything I think I know, and I pause because. I need to set aside everything I think I know. And then I say about myself, my disease, my spiritual path, and you, for an open mind and an open heart and a new experience with myself, my disease, my spiritual path, and especially you, God, please let me see the truth. Um, what I love about this prayer is that I can fill it in any way I need to on any given day of whatever's going on in my life, and I do use it on a daily basis. Um, and it's so helpful for me uh, because I need to remember that lack of power is my dilemma and that the only way that can solve my problem is to um, that spiritual malady. I need to turn to my higher power because, you know, I can wake up in the morning and even though I'm a recovered person, I still wake up powerless because um, I don't know what kind of space my head's going to be in when I wake up. Um, since I've been recovered, I'm definitely more present and more mindful as to how I wake up. But usually I do wake up in a good space, but there's sometimes that I do wake up restless, irritable, and discontent, and in fear, doubt, and insecurity. Um, and when I was in the food, I had no clue of any of those feelings at all. Um, and being a recovered person, I can recognize what's going on. I get on my knees, I ask God for help, and to direct my day and show me what to do. Because now I've, you know, it talks about on page 50, um, on uh, paragraph three, uh, line one through six, about how I've gained access and and I believe in a power greater than myself. And I continue. Um, I'm just going to continue this relationship because it's honestly the most important relationship that I have. Because for me, without this relationship with a higher power of my understanding, the language of my own heart. I can't have uh, good relationships with other people. Um, if I take God with me wherever I go um, in situations uh, in my life, there is something that is so calming, so um, the kindness, the love, the um, feeling grounded, feeling um, I'm standing on sacred ground with my higher power, and I feel like I can go and go anywhere and do anything. And I do feel comfortable in my own skin when I'm with my higher power. Um, it took me a long time to to learn that. Um, and that's why when it talks about on top of page 51 that the consciousness of the presence of God today is the most important fact of my life and that uh, it presents a powerful reason why I should have faith. And I absolutely do. Um, and it continues to grow. And because what I do know is that if I don't stay connected to my higher power, that I will definitely be in the bedevilments. <laughs> on, uh, yeah, don't want to be in those bedevilments on uh, page 52, paragraph 2. Those are not a fun place to be in, for sure. And um, I know that, you know, I can start going there. I can start going down that rabbit hole. But you know what? I... Um, I sure don't stay down there very long because as long as I'm staying connected on a deep level with my higher power, um, that's all that that I need. Um, and staying in this work, doing the steps, living in the steps, and that's all to me connected with God um, because we talk about 
on page 55 that deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God and that, you know, finding the great reality deep down within and how it enables me to think honestly and encourages me to search diligently and with, with, within myself. And with this attitude, I can't fail. And, um, and neither can you. Um, that's what's amazing about this. And, um, and then on 56, it talks about the barriers that had been built up through the years that got swept away when I did the step work. And then standing in the presence of my higher power, uh, infinite higher power, which means limitless. And finite means limited. So I'm the limited one, <laughs> and my higher power is definitely the infinite power. And, um, and living in conscious companionship with my creator, uh, that's what I, I do every day. Um, stay awake, stay in conscious contact with my higher power. Um, I don't leave my house spiritually unclothed. Um, um, you know, I, it's, 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 it's life-changing. It really is. And it keeps getting better and better. Um, I'm trying to think what else I wanted to say here. Um, yeah, I just... Um, I feel like that my higher power has restored me to my right mind, um, especially when I draw near to God and I feel the God in, in my situations when I'm trying to um, work this program and live in this program and when I feel my higher power. I get such spiritual insights um, that have changed my life. And for example, um, I've been asked also my higher power to help me to be of service to my family. And uh, the interesting part in asking my higher power to show me how to be of service to my family, and what's come up is a lot of recognizing uh, a lot of my behavior that needs to change. Um, because don't you know, before this program, I thought everybody else needed to change around me. And boy, talk about ego. Um, and what I realize more and more, the more that I change, the better my life gets, the better the people around me seem to get. Um, and that goes for my loved ones. And, um, you know, um, my loved one um, has his own issues. And sometimes I get very upset about them. And what I started doing is asking God, instead of getting upset about it, to heal me and to heal my attitude towards my loved one. Um, and it's made such a difference. I can't tell you. And nothing's changed much with him, but it certainly has changed much for me. And God has definitely changed me with that. Um, let's see what else here. Um, so into how it works, um, this is all about getting prepared to get ready to do the fourth through um, nine. Uh, excuse me, the fourth step. Fourth step period and um, you know it's just amazing and it's it's such a powerful experience to do and it's it's something that shouldn't be missed it's amazing what will change and what will happen to you when you do your first step um, and you know what I love about it is is that when working with others and going through this book it's like it prepares you and it gets you so ready to want to do the first step you're like let's do this thing and so 
Um, that's how I felt, and that's what I've noticed people that I take through feel. It's like, I am so ready to do this. I so want to get rid of these resentments and this fear and doubt and insecurity and feel free and get unblocked and get connected with my higher power. And so it is such a, it is such a joy to do this with people. It is just a wonderful design of living for me. Um, and I know for others too, and I, I can't speak highly enough of it. Um, because what I love doing this work, um, living um, in 10, 11, and 12, you know, step four through nine, uh, step 10 is actually a mini four, four through nine. So using that every day, using that, that spiritual toolkit laid at my feet, my life just keeps getting better because I'm learning to uh, find out really fast when I'm in a resentment or when you know I'm in fear, doubt, and insecurity. And I, I know what to do with it today. Um, I ask God for help. I talk to my fellows. I talk to recovered people. I get experience, strength, and hope. Um, I work with others. Um, and... And, you know, I, I do 11th step. Uh, I live in 10, 11, and 12, and, and a, uh, an example of that is living, you know, step 11 has three parts, and in the morning, asking God to direct my day, uh, meditation, and pausing throughout the day, checking in, checking my emotional temperature, seeing how things are going. Um, and the difference to me between 10 and 11 is that step 10 is when I'm disturbed. Step 11 is is checking myself throughout the day to see if I've missed anything, if I've got anything. Because for me, starting a resentment out at 8 o'clock in the morning and not taking care of it until 5 o'clock is a very dangerous place for me to be. And I've learned that through doing this work that, you know, I need to take care of it right then and there as best I can, uh, depending on where I am. Um, There are great bathrooms and all kinds of... uh, places that you can go and commune with God all over and publicly that you can do um, or however you need to do when you're at work. Um, it's, it, it, it really is a design for living that really works. And, and I love, um, you know, because it's returning me back home to the person that my higher power intended me to be. Um, and I, I just love that that's where the stuff works takes takes me and keeps me there. Um, let's see what else I want to say. Um, and um, so, and, you know, into action is, um, you know, step nine through 11. Um, eight, yes. Um, eight, nine, yeah. And six and seven. <laughs> And it's it's just amazing to me um, that I love how step 10 is, is you know, 4 through 9. Uh, it's a mini 4 through 9. I mean, I mean, it's incredible. And whoever came up with this is just amazing. And I do believe this book is divinely inspired by our higher powers. Um, and I love that I can match calamity with serenity. Um, going back to how it works for a minute. Um, that uh, on page 68, um, paragraph 2, where it talks about that, you know, as long as I'm trusting my higher power and relying upon my higher power, my infinite higher power, and not my finite self, that when I do this and I humbly rely on my higher power, that I'm able to match calamity with serenity. And I have seen that happen in my life. 
And I know that it can happen in anybody's if they do this work, and it's just a remarkable thing. And uh, I also know that love, patience, and tolerance is my code. And um, I uh, I keep I actually keep the definitions of um, of uh, love, patience, and tolerance. Um, what I did with that. A second here. And I still have so much more, and I've done. So oh my gosh. Okay. Um, love is an intense feeling of deep affection, fondness, tenderness, warmth, intimacy. Patience is the ability to accept or tolerate delay, trouble, or suffering without getting angry or upset. Calmness, composure, understanding. Tolerance, acceptance of beliefs, of practices different from our own. Open-mindedness, endurance, stamina. Capacity to endure pain or hardship. Kindliness, the quality of being kind, warm-hearted, or gentle, benevolence, tenderness. And that's my code today. Love, patience, and tolerance is my code. Um, not criticizing one bit. Um, that's what we, t uh, we read about in step nine. And, uh, yeah, it, restraint of tongue and pen, that's a good one. That's a really good one for me. Duct tape is another good one. <laughs> And sometimes when I'm asking my higher power, you know, what do you want me to do about this? What do you want me to do about this situation? And sometimes there's like dead silence. <laughs> and it's like, uh, I think you're trying to tell me that I need to <clears throat> duct tape myself, uh, just wait. Uh, why am I talking and what am I thinking? Um, and, uh, yeah, I just I love these spiritual toolkits that I can use right at my feet for me to pick up, and I love passing them on to other people. Um, and let's see, um, let's see what else I've got here. Got a bunch of goodies. Um, I wanted to talk about um, what else do I have here. I want to talk a little bit about sponsoring, um, being a step guide, um, and that's definitely part of my spiritual practice. Um, that my job <clears throat> to me is to put my protege's hand into the hand of their higher power. Um, that's what this is all about. Um, the people that I work with will tell you, Siri, that's all I hear from you is, you know, you've got to rely on your higher power. You can get, you can get support from me, from the fellows, from Vision for You, but you're, you're, your full reliance needs to be on a power greater than yourself. Whenever they, um, you know, when I tell people I'm not their food police, that they need to take it to their higher power, take it into their quiet time, talk to some other recovered people, then take it to their quiet time, see what, what they think. And then, you know, just working the steps and taking them through with them. And uh, I learned so much from them. And, you know, it's I need them just as much as they need me. And um, and I know that um, they help me to grow, and they help me to um, continue to connect with my higher power. Um, and I have my own way of, of sponsoring, and um, I just I just love it because it, it I follow the directions in the book, and anybody can do this. Anybody can sponsor. And what they say is, you know, instead of being afraid to sponsor, be afraid not to sponsor because. 
if I don't continue to sponsor, I don't, I will, I don't believe I'd stay recovered. That's just what I, I've been told, and that's what I, I truly believe. And then I continue to work my, the spiritual life that I have um, by doing that, by giving that um, to um, that service, which is such a pleasure to do. And um, I don't know what I'd do without it. And uh, let's see what else I've got. Um, let me say a little something about step 12. Then I wanted to go into some of the stories. Okay, so um, I, um, I I love prayers, by the way, I just want to say. And one of the prayers I do say is that I always ask God, please help me review my day and my thinking and grant me the willingness to see what you'd have me see in the light. You'd have me see it. Free me from morbid reflection, from fear, obsessive guilt, and dishonesty. And then I have a slew of my character defects that I will pick up uh, and add to that when I need to. That has helped me so much. Um, you know, step 12, 10, 11, 12 is a growth or growing steps. They're not maintenance steps, they're growing steps. And um, I, I really believe that um, when, I, when I look at being taken through the big book, um, I learned so much by doing my own step work, and I need to continue to do that step work. And also just that when I look at taking people through it, I have grown more from carrying this message uh, than the first 11 steps, frankly. And that's why step 12 is so important, working with others, being of service um, for me. Um, and and it, 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 it just... It just it fills me up and it is a way of joy in my life and it does um, um, and what what I love is that that it says how that by by working with others that you know any form of trouble or misery can be overcome and you know and that faith has to work in us for me faith has to work in me 24 hours a day seven days a week 365 days a year. And that's why I'll tell people I work with, if you want to call me on a holiday, I'll be there. Um, because my vacation, my vacation, <laughs> my disease does not take a vacation. Um, it's always waiting out there for me, and I know that. So um, I, I know how important this work is um, to, to do. Um, and that's why I, I take it very seriously, and I love this work. And you get into this, and I guarantee you, you will love this work. It is it is. It's just. It's like the Energizer Bunny on TV. The pink guy with the, with the shades on and the blue shoes, and it just keeps on going and it keeps on giving, and and I just love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, just want to mention one other thing. Uh, with the holidays, and then I was going to get into some of the stories. Um, you know, when I was face down on the food, um, it was awful during the holidays for me. And then I got abstinent, so I was white-knuckling things, and that was hard. And until I started working in the big book and getting recovered and working the steps, I got neutral around the food. I was abst- I'm ab- abstinent, happily and contently. Um, then what I look at now is being face down in the big book instead of face down in my emotions and that I'm learning to not have to white knuckle my emotions anymore because my my emotions I found in the food are parallel for me 
um, because I was first put the food down, got absent, I was like knuckling it. Then, you know, I was trying to do that all by myself. So I was face down trying to white knuckle my emotions. And until I got into the big book this way and started working these steps and living in the steps, that all changed for me because now I leaned on my higher power and I lean into my higher power. And that has made such a difference for me um, because it's not about the food anymore. It's not about my distorted thinking in the holidays because I can, I can, I know what to do with that. I know who to turn to, my higher power. I know to do this work. Um, it helps me to abstain from my unhealthy, distorted thinking. Um, I have no power, but I do have a choice with my higher power. I do have lots of power because of my higher power. Um, and I do rely on my higher power. Um, and I need to always remember to take more care about what my higher power thinks than what other people think. That's what I do know also. Um, what else here? Just got some other stuff here for you guys. Um, looking at one other thing. Um, oh, just want to mention something about step eleven. Um, the three parts of step eleven. It's this was a very powerful thing for me to do. Um, I put it on my phone, on my iPhone, in my own voice. I read all three of the paragraphs. And then I read them all three together. And sometimes when I'm out and I can't get to something, I will listen to that, especially about pausing throughout the day. And that's another way that I live this spiritual life um, that I just love so much and and wonderful thing to have. Um, so I'm going to go into, um, well, okay, let's see here. I'm going to go on page 100. I'm not going to go into the stories just yet. Um, page 100, paragraph 1. Um, Both you and the new man must walk day by day in the path of the spiritual progress. If you persist, remarkable things will happen. When we look back, we realize that the things which came to us, when we put ourselves in God's hands, were better than anything we could have planned. Follow the dictates of a higher power and you will presently live in a new and wonderful world no matter what your present circumstances and I love that because it's all about you know putting myself in my higher power's care putting my protégés in their higher power's care um, you know giving them to their higher power staying out of their way getting out of their higher power's way so their higher power can their higher power can do their job and I'm I'm just I'm just shining the light. That's all I'm doing, just shining the light. Um, that's my job. Um, and then I love this down here on page 100 on the fourth paragraph where it says, assuming we are spiritually fit, that we can go, can do all sorts of things. Um, Alcoholics, compulsive our readers are not supposed to do. Um, that we can go anywhere as long as we stay in fit spiritual condition. Um, and this is an, another paragraph that I really like. It says on paragraph 1, page 101, we meet these conditions every day. An alcoholic who cannot meet them still has an alcoholic mind. There is something the matter with his spiritual status. So that's why it's so important for me that I'm in this book doing this because I have gone to parties and everything. And, you know, 
in the past, um, I was always looking what I could get out of the party, either from attention or people. And now, you know what, I love this because on page 102, it asked me, what can I bring to the occasion? So when I was in a lot of self-pity during the holidays, thinking, what am I going to get out of this holiday? And what am, where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Who's going to do what? All my expectations. Um, I think about what I can bring to the occasion of the holiday and how I can be of service in the holiday to my family and to the people about me, and especially to God. Um, and then here on page 103 at the bottom. After all, our problems were of our own making. Bottles were only a symbol. Besides, we have to stop fighting anyone, anybody or anything. We have to. And I always say including ourselves. Uh, for me, that's for sure. And, uh, okay, so now I'm going to go into some of the stories. Um, okay. Here, I'm going to start. So I've got this in order, and let's see how much time I have left. This is going to be tough <laughs> to pick out all the ones I've got marked here. Ah. Um. Okay. Okay. I'm just going to go to the big guns here for myself. Um. Let's see. There's actually interesting, there's a story in the Vicious Cycle on page 229 that this man, and I don't know who he is, and I bet you somebody on this line, I bet you a dollar. I'm not a betting girl, but I bet you a dollar. Somebody knows who this person is. I don't know the person's name. But at the bottom, it was interesting because as we understood him, this is the man that said, this has got to be in this book. You've got to have this in this book. Um, um and he was the one that just kept giving uh, Bill a hard time about, you know, he called himself a theological rebel. And so I'm so grateful because of As We Understood Him. That helped me so much uh, be willing to want to do this work and do the work and live the spiritual life because I needed to have a power greater than myself of my understanding um, because it did give me a personality change, um, and it gives me serenity. Um, okay, how about, let's see. Wow, this is going by fast. <laughs> Help me, Leah. Um, okay, um, page 287, um, bottom paragraph, paragraph three. Following the spiritual path made made a major difference in my life. It seemed to fill the lonely hole that I used to fill with compulsive reading. My self-esteem improved dramatically, and I knew happiness and serenity as I had never known it before. I started to see the beauty and the usefulness in my own existence and tried to express my gratitude through helping others in whatever ways I could. A confidence and faith entered my life and unraveled a plan for me that was bigger and better than I could have ever imagined. Um, page 293. It has changed, uh, paragraph 2, line, uh, line 7. It has changed my thinking entirely about everything I do. I can't afford resentments against anyone because they are a buildup of another bench. 
Okay. And then let's go. Uh, 300, paragraph 2, line, line 6. And when all of life is substitute for drink, there's no happiness or peace. That, and I will never be in that place again. Um, and then also it says here on page 300, paragraph 2, I have been brought up to believe in God, but I know that until I found this program, I never found or known a faith in the reality of God, the reality of his power that is now with me in everything I do. And then on page 308, where I'm really <laughs> down to the wire, on page 308, third paragraph, what is this power, this power of OA possesses, the curative power? I don't know what it is. I suppose the doctor might say this is psycho psychosomatic medicine. I suppose the psychiatrist might say this is benevolent and personal relations. I suppose others would say this is psychotherapy. To me, it is God. Okay, we're moving on here. <laughs> Down to the wire here. Um, okay, this is tough because I'm trying to find. Okay, uh, page 317, third paragraph. Ah, okay. When I am willing to do the right thing, I am rewarded with an inner peace no amount of food could ever provide. When I'm unwilling to do this, the right thing, I become restless, irritable, and discontent. It is always my choice. Though the 12 steps I, through the 12 steps, I have gained the gift of choice. I am no longer at the mercy of the disease that tells me the only answer is to eat. If willingness is the key to unlock the gates of hell, it is the action that opens the doors so that we may walk freely among the living. Okay. Oh boy. Um a little short one, page three twenty seven, last two sentences. I came to OA in order to stop drink eating. What I received in return was my life. Page three eighty one, bottom paragraph, fourth paragraph. In working the steps, my life and my old way of thinking have changed. I have no control over some of the things that happened in my life, but with the help of God, I can now choose how I respond. Today, I choose to be happy. When I'm not, I have the tools, and I put the spiritual toolkit laid at my feet of this program to put me back on track. Okay. Um, everybody, well, I won't say everybody, but... A lot of people do know about 417, page 417 on acceptance um, on the first paragraph. I'm not going to read it, but what I'd like to read it is it says on the second paragraph, and acceptance, uh, OA and acceptance has taught me that there is a bit of good in the worst of us and a bit of bad in the best of us, that we all are children of God and we each have a right to be here. When I complain about me or you, I'm complaining about God's handiwork. And I'm saying that I know better than God. And page 419, paragraph 2, line 8. When I focus on what's good today, I have a good day. When I focus on what's bad day, 
what's bad, I have a bad day. If I focus on a problem, the problem increases. If I focus on the answer, the answer increases. And um, um, 468, uh, line 7, excuse me, line 17. The only business I was to be concerned with was my own. I asked my higher power to remove from me everything that stood in the way of my usefulness to him and others and to help me build a new life. Whew. Getting down. Okay. Um, um, oh, okay. Page 510, uh, 13th line, because this is a big paragraph. They reminded me that you can't teach any, anything to a know-it-all, so remain teachable. When old behaviors start to creep back, they, call it, they called me on it. When life just didn't feel right, they talked, me, talked about developing faith and relying on a higher power. They told me lack of power was my dilemma, and there is a solution. I took to OA immediately and believed like a child that I had leveled my pride enough to thoroughly follow their path. I'd get what I'd had, what they had. It worked. Starting out, I just wanted to keep the authorities. Well, I don't want to keep the authorities. <laughs> I never gained, I never bargained for this program changing the course of my life or showing me the way to freedom and happiness. Um, and then on page 511, uh, first paragraph, third sentence. I know that they are right when they say it keeps getting better. My circumstances have steadily improved as my spiritual life grows and matures. Words cannot begin to describe the feelings in my heart as I sometimes ponder how much my life has changed, how far I've come, and how much there is to yet to discover. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sherry a fellow big book enthusiast for your beautiful and sweet, sweet and inspiring presentation this morning. Thank you for this thorough walkthrough of the steps and the big book. Thank you so very much. The share ID for this beautiful presentation this morning, 12,305. That's one two three zero five and sherry's contact information will be given at the conclusion of the recording so you'll need to stay tuned for that we are going to transition to a question and answer segment at this point you can uh, offer your name and first letter your last name by pressing star one to unmute i'll take four names this morning for questions. Deborah. Suji. Suji. Who was before Sue? Deborah M. Okay, Deborah M. Thank you. Star one to unmute if you have a question. Mo H. Mo. Good morning to you. Wendy B. And Wendy B. Excellent. Thank you. Okay, everybody mute except for Deborah M., please. Thank you so much for that beautiful share. 
You mentioned in the very beginning about being addicted to ease and comfort. And I thought that just was an amazing sentence um, for those people who are, you know, have much trauma in their life. Um, Ease and comfort is, is a bigger, is a big draw. So could you just comment a little bit more on that revelation? Thank you. Um, Thank you for your question, Deborah. Um, I, you know, I, um, I, I didn't like a bad feeling. I uh, grew up being told that I could only be happy. And so I thought that was my job to be happy. And so I went around trying to get everybody to be happy because I was so uncomfortable in my own skin that um, I had to tap dance to make you happy and to people please you in order to get you to do what I needed to do because I was so uncomfortable um, in my own skin um, that, you know, I didn't realize I was scared in the world. I didn't realize I had fear, doubt, and insecurity. I didn't realize any of that. Um, all I knew is any time a feeling came up that I didn't like, I was shoving food in my mouth. Um, and it put me underweight, and it put me over 100-and-something pounds overweight. So um, I take that very seriously, um, that I, 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 I lived my life um, trying to live in ease and comfort. That's what I did. And I made some poor choices. Um, I spent decades down in the food. Um, I made some bad choices in my life due to fear, uh, due to wanting ease and comfort, and I went to any length to get it. Um, and uh, and I went, I went everywhere but the place I was supposed to go to, which was to my higher power. That's what I've learned. Um, I hope that answered your question. Yeah, that's um, that's really, really good. I think it's such a subtle thing, using comfort. So uh, how that can drive what you're doing. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Deborah. Thanks, Deborah. Suji, your turn. Mm, good morning. Cheryl, thank you for that. Inspiring. I mean, I, I feel so <laughs> spiritually uplifted right now. Um, I wanted to ask you, um, I, I have lame illness, but I did go through a period of about three, four months where I started to get really sloppy working 10 through 12. And um, and I didn't do step 11. Uh, I, I didn't, I went to God during the day, but I didn't do my morning um, and I, I, I'm starting with a new sponsor just to get new perspective. My sponsor told me to work with someone else. Forgive and she me, told me do. that. Forgive yes. Me. Forgive me. In the interest of time, could you please pose a question? Sure, I will. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been told that I do not have a spiritual experience. She doesn't want me to talk about God um, because I'm not at step nine yet. Um, what is your feeling about that? Well, it does say in step... Well, thank you for the question, Sue. Um, it does say in step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. So to me, my experience, and this is just my experience, that um, 
I don't get a spiritual awakening until I get to step 12. Um, what I can do, though, is um, start getting unblocked by doing this work and being in this book, um, by working on step 11, um, getting unblocked by living in the step 11, by waking up in the morning and asking God to direct my day, um, asking God to remove my character defects, asking God to be, help me to be of service to God and the people about me, uh, especially also to my family. Um, so that's my prayer in the morning. And also always to keep me absent, happily and contently. Um, and then throughout the day when something's going on, as I mentioned, I would pause and um, ask, you know, check in and just check in with God, see how I'm doing, anything going on, have, has something come up for me, anything bothered me. Um, you know, that's a really important uh, thing um, because uh, it helps me stay in fit spiritual condition. Um, and then step 11 at night, um, I do a nightly review. Um, I have a partner, a trained partner that I, I do a nightly review with, and we go throughout, we go through the entire day. Uh, I, I review it, I, and especially review my thinking, because um, I need to stay connected with God. So yeah, she just I, doesn't want me to do any of those things because I'm not at that step yet. Well, I, but you know what? The steps are in order for a reason. That's what I've been told all these years. And that, you know, mm -hmm. if you're willing to be open and stay teachable, you know, that's what it is, is are you willing to, you know, I, I, I bet you know a lot. I'm sure you do. But, you know, I had to put down all my old ideas, even though I thought I knew a lot. I had okay. to put that down first and follow the directions in this book and, you know, follow this message, not, you know, my message, but this message. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Suji. Mo H., your turn. Uh, thank you, Leah. Uh, Sherry, thank you so much for your share. Um, I asked God to wake me up this morning so I could be on this line live. And uh, so grateful to hear your story. I heard you talk, uh, your, your share, and you've got me interested in rereading the stories in the back of the book. Um, my question is about sponsoring. My difficulty, I love sponsoring, as you said, and it is the joy of my life, and it has kept me during my illness. But my question is, how do you help sponsees to move on? What's, how do you help them to move on so that you can take on new sponsees? That's a my great sponsees, thing, Mo, and I'm so glad yes. well. Yeah. That's a wonder, that's a great question. Um, you know, what I do is I'm very upfront when I talk to somebody. Like, no surprises with me. I'm going to lay out everything <laughs> with what I do. And I tell them upfront, this is how I, I take people through the big book. And I explain to them that I, I start in the beginning of the book. We go all the way through to page 103. And then they become a fellow. And that because my whole job, the whole entire way, is to help them to get unblocked so they can connect with their higher power and carry this message to a still suffering compulsive reader or compulsive eater. Um, so that my job is as a step 
decide I move on to the next person. That's my job. And so I let them know up front um, immediately, this is how I do it. Because I let them know everything up front so that way they know what they're getting themselves into and they know Mm -hmm. it's going to be coming to an end. But I also tell them, anytime you have a question about, you know, sponsoring, you can call me and say, Sherry, put your sponsor hat on. I need to ask you a question. And I'm always available for that. Um, So I, I let them know that, absolutely. I would not just, you know. But they do know that when... For me, this is just me. I'm one person on this line. Just one more wild canyon, wild, um, I said wild horse running up the canyon instead of a buzz on the bus or a headless um, sardine in a can. <laughs> um, that, you know, I'm just one person who does it this way. Um, we all have our ways of doing it. But that's how I do it. But I let them know up front as, as they're kind of, I had somebody actually tell me they were interviewing me. <laughs> um, and um, but I tell everything up front what I do because that way they know and I remind them, you know, and they know it. They know it. They do. All right. Thanks for your question. Thank you very much. Very helpful. Thank you. Thank you, Mo. Yes, thank you, Mo. Wendy B, your turn. Yeah. Hi, this is Wendy B, and um, thank you for your share. And you mentioned early on in your share that. Um, you have to stay in the big book because you have memory loss. And um, I know for me, I have such a struggle with remembering where phrases and stuff are in the big book. And I'm just so grateful for having the big book on my Kindle so I can do um, search search for phrases, you know, and figure out where things are. And I was just wondering if you had any other pointers for memory loss or if you wanted to expound on it at all. Thank you. Okay. Um, you know, I... I I maybe thank you, Wendy. Um, thank you for your question. Um, when I met memory loss, because of page 24, because you know how I, I refer to, I've noticed that since I've got the food down, um, and I never want to forget my last binge, I never want to forget it, because I have memory loss around it. I do. And that's part of my disease, I believe. This is just my own personal belief, that my disease wants me to forget all about that. Um, and then my disease doesn't want me in this big book. It's like, oh, my God, don't be in this big book because you'll get better and better and stronger and stronger and you'll get connected to your higher power. So um, what I do is you, if, if I could take you a picture of my big book, you'd laugh. I've got pages marked. I've got things highlighted. I, I write out things. Um, I'm always listening on the line. Um, I highlight. I mark. I, I write notes to myself. I blow up things. I have stuff on my computer, um, and it, and it just keeps getting better and better. And I have stuff stuffed in my big book to remind me of where pages are and what they are. And I make an outline for myself because um, I, I just love this so much. Because the more I get into it, the better it gets. And it's like unpacking it, like we do, um, you know, Monday through Friday. Uh, we unpack this big book, and we, we get to hear people's opinions. And so um, I'm always highlighting, marking. I mean, I probably definitely need a new book, but I, I, I don't want to give this up because it's marked and everything, and I've got stickies out of it, and, you know, it just looks like <laughs> it looks like it's been around the block a thousand years. Um, but that's, that's how I remember things. Um, and also, you know, going through the big book so much um, – I've, I've been through it several times. That's what helps me to not have a memory loss. 
to remember where things are. I promise you if you do that, it will happen. You will you will remember. I hope I answered your question. Thank you, Wendy. I can take one more question this morning. Anyone else with a question? Kathy. Hi, Kathy Debbie. Kay. Thank you. <laughs> Kathy Kay, go right ahead, please. Thank you, Leah, for your service. Uh, Sherry, it was great to hear you today. I think I know you from years past in another 12-step food program. Um, I wonder, given how you work with sponsees, uh, do you have a sponsor at present? Um, and if so, what is that relationship like? I actually have been sending my food to somebody for this person in New York for like two and a half years, three years, I think. And my, I don't have a sponsor per se right now, um, but I... I keep myself very busy with my God Squad, with people, um, and I'm constantly in the book. And, you know, I have actually, honestly, Kathy, have thought about um, asking this person to take me back through the big book because I feel like that, you know, it's wonderful for me to be, you know, the person taking somebody through, but I think it would be good for me to be taken through again. Just, you know, to... I mean, I, I do live in 10, 11, 12, and I am, you know, 1, 2, and 3, and all, all of it. But I think for me that it's, I feel like my higher power has been nudging me, and I think that's why, you know, thank you for asking that question, because I think my higher power is saying, yeah, go ahead and call this person and ask her if she'll help you. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I haven't been. You know, I mean, I, I do uh, take accountability for my food, um, I am on this line every day, um, except for Saturday. I listen to other podcasts um, of, of of all our stuff, and um, I am in contact. And I, I you know, I, I actually do some of the things that I require of the people I sponsor. Um, I do make two phone calls a day. I do listen to the meeting and look at what is something I can identify in with and relate to. Um, I send my food. Um, those are the requirements that I have on a daily basis for people, and that you know. And then I do read with other people. Um, I actually do read with other people, so it's kind of like farmed out a little bit. But I think it would probably be a really good idea for me to. Um, and I just feel like you just my higher power spoke for you. Thank you. Thanks, Sherry. Thank you, Kathy. Thank you, Kathy Kay. Thanks to everybody who posed questions this morning. I'm sure. Sherry KB would be happy to take additional questions one-on-one. -on -one. Thank you, Sherry, so much for this beautiful presentation this morning. It was sweet and great to hear of a renewed life. Congratulations to you and everyone. And today's Share ID, 12,305. That's 12305. We're going to close from page 164 from a chapter entitled A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. 
God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.